Support for NPR and the following message come from IXL Learning. IXL Learning uses advanced algorithms to give the right help to each kid, no matter the age or personality. Get an exclusive 20% off IXL membership when you sign up today at IXL.com NPR. Welcome to The Limits. I'm Jay Williams. And in case you didn't notice about me, I spend a lot of time. Actually, I spend every day for 10 hours in front of a camera as a host for ESPN. I think Kevin Durant has been given the gift of a lifetime. It changed the dynamic of the way a lot of us in our community looked at sports. And I I just want to bring that to attention because it's really, it's led a revolution and it's opened the doors. Jay Will, my man, returning to Cameron Indoor and showing off some skills, hitting a three-quarter court shot. It's thrilling and it's afforded me a life I've always wanted, but it's also my J-O-B, my job. I performed my whole life. In college, I played basketball for Duke, the biggest stage at that level, actually. He and the game could become one. Not many players can do that. As soon as I saw his hands down, I'm like, hey, man, this thing's going up. And it goes up and it goes in, and it's like all of a sudden it's a two-point ball game, and everybody in that gym was like, what just happened? Dixon into the lane. the most remarkable comeback I have ever seen. Then when I had my career-ending accident, I figured out a new way to perform on a different platform, TV, as a commentator. One thing I've learned is that it's hard to separate the fake from the reality. So many artists I've had on this show have talked about the downside of success and being hyper-visible. And I wanted to share some of their insight on navigating this path. You have no idea how difficult it is staying sane in a sea of spectators. First up, Kelly Rowland. She's carved out an illustrious solo career as an artist and entrepreneur. Before that, she was a teenage star in Destiny's Child. Here's what she told me about that. You were recruited when you were 11 years old. Is that correct, Kelly? Yeah, recording. You said recording? Yes. 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 Wow. So (laughs) what was it like learning how to cope with being so young in the entertainment business? Um, I mean, when the girls and I were that age, we were 10 and 11, we had each other. You know what I mean? I think that it definitely made it easier because we had each other. We all shared this love um, and passion for singing and dancing. And we really didn't think anything of it. We kind of just felt like we just um, loved what we did, but we were really fortunate to do it together because whether it was performing or um, tutoring or um, after school homework, like we had each other. That was the the greatest blessing to me Um, because, and we were just doing what we loved. Yeah. Was there a moment when you recognized, even though I am doing what I love and we're just having fun and we have each other, that I kind of have to be an adult in a certain way and I can't be an 11, a 12 or 13 year old? Not at that age because we still had chaperones and we were still kids. Um, I remember at that time it was um, uh, the, the moms were like being like around us all the time. 
and we couldn't stay out past the time that we were per- performing anywhere out because we were mm. 11, you know, 11 years old. So it's like, y'all better take y'all little butts home. That's what it was <laughs> for us. You know, once we finished performing, it was like right back to being kids. If we weren't rehearsing, we were in school or going to Astro World. Like we were still allowed to be kids. I think that that what, what you're thinking as far as like us having to um kind of like really see things on a more mature level or space. We were probably at like 15, 16 when that happened. Explain to me that shift when you recognize it at 15, 16. That shift, one, we were signed. You know, we were signed to Sony and we had 15-hour days of (laughs) interviews and, you know what I mean, meeting people back to back to back to back in like one or two rooms and shifting from one to two rooms and... um. You know, but then that night, going back to the hotel, resting, waking up and doing it all over again. But we were definitely working adult hours. We were working adult (laughs) hours Um, and we were still allowed to be kids in that time. You know, just talking to people, we were still allowed to be kids. You know, one of my really good friends is a guy named Scooter Braun, who's managed Justin Bieber. And he's, you know, known Justin since he was 10, 11 years old. Yeah. And it was it's always such a challenge when you see young people so naive is the wrong word because it doesn't really carry a negative connotation, but just uncertain of who they're becoming Mm -hmm. and people on social media and everybody has some kind of an opinion. And while you're in your formative stages of your year of your, of your life, how do you even process that Kelly? How do you even learn how to cope or, deal with that? Was this just having a strong support system around you? I think it is having a support, a strong support system. But I also think like in that time when the girls and I were, were coming up in this business and, and now it's like two totally different things. I, I mean, we, we were definitely, um, I'd say looked at, you know, under a microscope, but not the way it is now. Like it's, yeah. It's the wild, wild west out here now. Um, I will definitely say people still had an opinion. And if one person said something, it it could affect everything. But now a hundred million people can say something at one time. And it's like it's really kind of it's a lot. You know what I mean? But um, we had just as much pressure. I will definitely say I I think that um, one doesn't hold more weight than the other. But social media definitely makes the the impact, I'd say, a lot more treacherous for sure. Um, But I think that when we were coming up, like I said, I'm really grateful to our support system. And we figured things out along the way. You know what I mean? If there were things that we didn't understand or you know, had questions about, they were answered. It was, um, yeah, it's it's nothing like the way it is now. <laughs> mm. I, I, I see it every single day. Yeah. Did fame ever change you for the worse, Kelly? Um, I don't think it had a chance to, not with our, our team around. You know, mm. we were always humbled. I would come back home from being on the road, and I remember this one time I came into uh, my best friend's house. And I was like, hey. And I saw her and she was like, get out. And I was like, what? (laughs) She said, get (laughs) out. (laughs) Yeah. And I got out and I was like, knock, knock on her door again. And she was like, and she answers the door. I was like, hey. She was like, boom, slams the door. I was like, what is this about? So I knock on the door again. And I was like, what happened? She was like, come on in. 
She's like, you had like eight people behind you. Like it, she's talking about ego. Wow. She's like, you had just wow. little. She's like, I'd never seen that on you. She's like, and it's not invited in this house. <laughs> oh, where I need these type of friends in my life. That, that's a special gift. I know. And I love her for it because, I mean, by the time she opened up the door the third time, I was like, well, what do you want? So <laughs> I was fine afterwards, but I was like, God, dog, what was this about? But I understood and, and I knew what she meant because I think like, I think before that trip home, it was like the third number one and touring. It like it it was a lot. You know what I mean? Sometimes when it's a, a ton of people and they're coming at you once like it it can be a lot and you just need to to be sunned. <laughs> mm. I mean, it's like, and now, I mean, you're a seasoned vet at this. I mean, you know how to vet people. And I, I often try to explain to people because, you know, playing basketball, I became somebody when I was 16, 17 years old. And one of the challenging aspects for me was how to properly deal with the amount of people that come at you all the time. And I'm a very personable person. And I've always felt that same way about you. You want to be honest and respectful towards people, but who you let in your personal space is a very, I mean, sanctified type of feeling. It is. It is. And don't you think you learned that along the way? I felt like I learned that along the way. Like who deserves to be in that personal space? Because the truth is, and I, I hope I don't sound funny or arrogant when I say that, but I don't mm. care who you are. Some people just some people should be in your personal space and some some people shouldn't. And I think that you have to be aware of yourself and what it is you know you need and like if somebody is not serving that space correctly, then no, they need to go. And if you're not serving someone else's space correctly, then you should know, mm, I need to dip out. You know what I mean? So mm. I, I think that it's a very hard process because I think that us being so young and entering, you're like, well, I don't want to hurt this person's feelings, but it ain't got nothing to do with nobody's feelings as much as it is your boundaries. Your boundaries are the most important thing. And I tell that to my son all the time. Like, if there's something that makes you uncomfortable, you you can uh, advocate and speak up for yourself, or you can tell mommy, or you can tell daddy, or you can tell your nannies. Like, say something, because the truth is, is nobody's going to know how you feel unless you tell them. And I'm learning this thing even now where mm. I can't expect for someone to read my mind, and I can't read theirs. So, so I'm learning about communicating. And it's never in a way where you're like trying to be a jerk. That's not my nature at all. It's more so just trying to um, just be black and white about it. I really admire people who are just black and white. There's no gray area to where they're like, you know what? I don't think I like this. Some people take Mm -hmm. that personally because maybe they can't communicate that for themselves. And I think that when they can't communicate that for themselves, they take what you're saying and you advocating for yourself too personally. It has nothing to do with them. It's just how you feel about something. So it's learning about that for me at 41. You know what I mean? And being okay with that. But if my son sees me do it, then he'll do it. And I want him to do it. That's one of the hardest parts about being famous, learning to set boundaries and knowing who to trust. So many people on the outside say, well, he or she should have kept better people around them. How the hell do you know how to navigate that when you don't know what people's true intentions are? After the break, I sit down with one of the brightest young hip-hop talents in the game, Denzel Curry. After years of buzz, 
he's learned to step back from the limelight. This message comes from Schwab. It's easy to invest in ideas you believe in with Schwab Investing Themes, like online music and videos, artificial intelligence, and electric vehicles. Choose from over 40 customizable themes. More at schwab.com. Support for NPR and the following message come from NPR sponsor Allianz Travel Insurance. Medical emergencies, travel delays, canceled flights, anything can happen when you travel. That's why more than 70 million American travelers choose Allianz Travel Insurance to help them with headaches along the way. Get a quote and learn more at AllianzTravelInsurance.com. This message comes from NPR sponsor Progressive Insurance, where drivers who switch could save hundreds on car insurance. Get your quote at Progressive.com today. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. This is my voice. I can tell you a lot about me, and I'm not changing it for anyone. In NPR's Black Stories, Black Truths, you'll find a collection of NPR episodes centered on Black experiences. Search NPR Black Stories, Black Truths wherever you get your podcasts. Hip-hop is the sound of America for a reason. People want to listen to the music that they can relate to. Over the last decade, a new generation of rappers born from SoundCloud took that even further, making some of the rawest rap we've ever heard. Denzel Curry was part of that era with songs like his underground smash, Ultimate. This is what I love about Denzel. He channels a lot of rage and trauma into his music for his listeners. I asked him about how he balances that with having a life to himself. So who do you think is the most relatable artist out there today that gets you to tap into like their variety of emotions, right? They're honest, they're real with it. Who helps you tap into it the most? Who do you think is the realest one out there? The realest one? I mean, I mean, I could say Drake, but they all have their own ways. Like, like just looking at Kendrick Lamar and the way he does music, it helps me, it makes me think about like my environment of growing up in Kara City, the way he talks about Compton, it reminds me of Kara City a lot. And then you got J. Cole, which, you know what I'm saying? He says a lot of truth within his music and people criticize him for it, but he's one of the greatest rappers of all time. He's speaking from the average Joe, like the normal man, like the person who's going through things and is, you know, constantly trying to be on the up and up. And then you got Drake, which taps into the um, emotions of, what men should feel. People would be like, that's simp. You should be hard and this and that and the third. But he's tapping into the vulnerability. Same with Kid Cudi. Like, everybody taps into something different. So I I wouldn't say there's one singular artist that taps into all those things, but, like, they all do it, including Tentacion. You know what I'm saying? He tapped into all types of emotion. Mm-hmm. It's just like, you know, people relate to NBA Youngboy as well. Exactly. Facts. I mean, those rappers are so good at what they do, but it's almost like they have to sacrifice a part of who they are to be relatable. So, D, I'm curious, how have you managed that process of being this face, being in front of everybody, like being socially active, but not letting them dictate how you move or what you move for? I mean, that didn't happen until 2020. And it took me to realize, like, you know what I'm saying? It was a rapper that I um, worked with in the past. 
And I always wanted to continue to work with him and stuff like that. And then people were telling me, like, no, he don't fuck with you like that. He only use you for fame, this, that, and third. And I didn't believe him. And that was, like, years ago. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And then next thing you know, I get a phone call from this person. And they call me intoxicated. And you know when you intoxicated, your true self comes out. Like, something that you always wanted to say comes out. You know? And he disrespected me. He violated me. And then I was just thought to myself at that moment where I was just like, for all these years, I'll try to be friends with this person and try to continue to be friends with this person. And in this exact moment, at this exact time, this person disrespected me and doesn't care about our friendship. So how do you put up barriers, man? I just told him straight up like me. I don't hold stuff back. If I feel something, I'm going to tell you straight up, you know. And that was my whole thing. So what I did was I just told him like what it was and how I felt about it and how he don't respect me. And I just didn't fuck with him ever again after that. Do you find it hard to let people into your life, new people, because of all the things you're doing? You know, at first, no. Now, yeah, because people suck. Like, and I don't mean suck in a way like, oh, you, you're lame. I mean, people actually do suck. They suck the energy from right out of you. They're draining. You know what I'm saying? They always want something from you. Yeah, I do know that. I do it on a daily basis. So how do you manage that process? How do you, how do you manage who you decide to give your energy to? Uh, you just got to base it off their character. You got It's a long time. It takes a long time to build trust within somebody. Like I learned the hard way from trusting people right off the back, and that's how you get burned. So DM, I'm fascinated because I've had this in my life. When do you think that moment was when you actually realized that you needed to take a step back away from the fame? I wanted to take a step back from it when I was like, when I was getting jealous of others, getting jealous of what they had, getting jealous of the notoriety they was getting, getting jealous of everything. Like when I started seeing myself get jealous of other people and what they got, knowing that I did X, Y, and Z to get to where I was, and then it just comes, somebody comes in, swoops in, and does the exact same thing I was doing, and then blows up when I was doing it ahead of time. That's what makes me angry, and that's when I knew I had to step back. This quote right here, knowing when to step back. Whew, I'm going to sit with that for a long time. Thanks to Denzel Curry and Kelly Rowland for keeping it real about fame. We'll be back next week with another episode. Until then, remember, stay positive and let's keep it moving. The Limits is produced by Devin Schwartz, Mano Sundarason, Max Friedman, and Lena Sunskeri. Video production by Kaz Fantoni, Langston Sessoms, Christina Shaman, Iman Young, and Nick Michael. Our executive producers are Karen Kinney, Verilyn Williams, and Yolanda Sangueni. Our senior VP of Programming and Audience Development is Anya Grumman. Music by Ramteen Arab Louie. Special thanks to Christina Hardy, Rudy Correa, and Charlotte Rigby. This message comes from NPR sponsor Mint Mobile. From the gas pump to the grocery store, inflation is everywhere. So Mint Mobile is offering premium wireless starting at just $15 a month. To get your new phone plan for just $15, go to mintmobile.com slash switch. Support for NPR and the following message come from IXL Learning. IXL Learning uses advanced algorithms to give the right help to each kid, no matter the age or personality. Get an exclusive 20% off IXL membership when you sign up today at IXL.com slash NPR. 
What does it mean to be black in America? In NPR's Black Stories, Black Truths, a collection of stories as varied, nuanced, and dynamic as black experiences, you'll hear it means everything. Search NPR Black Stories, Black Truths wherever you get your podcasts.